All right. Well, welcome back to First Takes, your weekly podcast here from First Presbyterian Church in Chattanooga. Here with me, my name is Gabe Fleur. I'm one of the pastors here, and here with me is my dear friend Randy Neighbors, our pastor of missions. A lot going on in the missions world at First Presbyterian Church. But before we jump into that, Randy, you have just started a D-Men program at Covenant Theological Seminary, which is the seminary of the PCA and your alma mater for your Master's of Divinity. But you're doing a doctorate of ministry. Tell us a little bit about what your project is and what you're doing. Hmm. Well, it's good to be with you, Pastor, and uh, giving glory to God. Uh, Amen. For your welcome to us to come to First Presbyterian Church and put up with me now that I'm here. <laughs> so thank you so very much to be on your team. Um, yeah, in God's mercy, uh, you know I. You know, I'm pretty old, so I didn't think about doing a D-Men. Um, but uh, in God's providence, some things happen to kind of, uh, you know, you say, how do you know the Lord wants you to do something? And somebody asked me, hey, Randy, have you heard about this cross-cultural cohort uh, for a D-Men at Covenant Seminary? And I said, no, I haven't. Uh, but cross-cultural is kind of what my whole life's been about. And... Uh, he said, are you interested in doing it? I said, no. And uh, the next morning, there was a Bible, a men's Bible study, which we have here called First Cup. Um, um, each month. There you go. And uh, so they happen to be talking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And, and he just has that was before my eyes, I was convicted and said, you know, Lord, forgive me. I didn't even pray about this. I just shut it down. And so, Lord, please direct my past. Just tell me what you want me to do. And again, in his providence, uh, we jumped in a car together with Pastor Kane, and we went to Presbytery. And it's, it was up in Knoxville, so we had about an hour and a half, two hours to talk. <coughs> and I, I told you what had happened. And I said, you know, I want to pray about that. And you and Dick Kane jumped on me uh, verbally, not physically, in the car. And you said, of course you should do it. And, and I said, I'm too. No, you're not. You should do this. And uh, you have a lot to add. You know, I was, you, you were very encouraging to me. And uh, then when we got back from Presbyterian, I happened to have a, a meeting of our World Missions Executive Committee. They're kind of my boss uh, here at, at First Press, and uh, I told them what had happened. I said, pray about it, and they jumped all over me, and they said, you are not too old. There's a lot you could do with this. It would help the church, and if the church won't pay for it, the World Missions Committee will pay for it, and I, I was sort of just sort of dumbstruck, and because I felt like, wow, um, I don't think I have a choice. And so in God's mercy, um, the church has provided me a scholarship to do it. We have a theological scholarship here at First Press. And, uh, and the seminary also gave a scholarship, which they gave generally, not just to me. And I started it. So I've gone to the first. Uh, it's two different weeks a year for three years. You read a lot of books, have to write books papers on all the books, then you have to write papers on each week, then you have to write a dissertation. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, preliminarily, do you know what your dissertation topic is going to be? 
No. Okay. And uh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I. After that first week, uh, I was thinking maybe the spiritual dynamics uh, take off from Richard Lovelace's mm-hmm. book uh, of cross cultural ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm kind of beginning to think. Let's cook in my mind, and because you know the reality is all ministry has spiritual conflict. Have you noticed that? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that conflict can come from all sources. Uh, mm-hmm. The devil can use. Mm-hmm. It can be your own personal yes. uh, thought life. Yes. It can be your uh, your spiritual life in terms of uh, temptation to sin mm-hmm. or walk. Godly, mm-hmm. it can be your family, mm-hmm. the dynamics of your family, and how are you being a godly man there? Mm-hmm. It can be in how you treat other people uh, in a church. You know, the great thing about being pastors in a church is everybody loves you, never criticizes you, always is encouraging. What? <laughs> why, are, why are you laughing? <laughs> you know, the reality is church life is life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people say, I don't go to church because there are a lot of hypocrites there. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And starting from the top down, all through it, we're all sin- sinners mm-hmm. struggling to walk with God and uh, um, walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? How, and now cross-cultural ministry introduces a whole other area of conflict. Yep. Because cultural conflict, things like racism... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the conflict, there's cultures of poverty. Mm-hmm. How do you socioeconomically relate to people who aren't your educational level, but God wants you to love them? Yep. Uh, maybe they're people who you, th- you know, in some ways, your middle class values would despise them. You say they're not doing what they ought to do. And, and they, they might despise you and think you're a- an arrogant mm-hmm. person because you, you have education or money. Mm-hmm. A lot of places for conflict. Yeah. And all of that needs the power of God uh, to live godly. Yeah, as you're talking, Randy, just, I mean, the book of Galatians jumps to my mind. And these are not new problems. Hmm. And uh, you look at, like, what Paul's dealing with with Peter and him reverting back to an ethnic identity instead of his identity in Christ. Mm. And then you look at the book of James, I'm always convicted when I read that, and you're, he convicts his congregation. You're giving place to the rich man, mm. and you're despising the poor man. Mm. And that's what we see, I think, a lot in the PCA, is these dynamics you're talking about. Uh, the PCA, by and large, is a white, middle-class denomination. Mm-hmm. But helpfully, um, a, lot of part, a lot of this is you know New City Network and the good work y'all have been doing for so long of seeing that start to shift a little bit in the PCA, not a massive shift. we got a long way to go. Mm. But that's why when you and I were talking about this, I was really excited to hear what you've been doing because I've learned a lot from you already about thinking in those terms. And what I've appreciated is your approach has always been gospel-centered. You know, this is not... Well, um, I hope so. Yeah, it's not been for... Um, you know, there's this sort of political atmosphere around these questions right now. Mm. And what I've appreciated is the solutions I've heard you offer always come back to the gospel. Mm. And really what it's about, as I've taught to you, at least what, it, what I'm gleaning from it and gleaning so much, is am I living out the gospel? There it is, yeah. Every person I meet. Yeah. And being aware of where I might be telegraphing things that I don't even think I am. Mm. <laughs> 
So wonderful. Can't wait to, uh, to see what the Lord does with this program, brother. Glad mm-hmm. you're doing it. Let me shift and uh, praise God for the way he's provided for our world missions. Oh, man, wasn't that something? Amazing. Um, for our listeners, God provided way above and beyond for our world missions budget this year. That has given us uh, impetus to start thinking about, hey, what are we doing? What, what new missionaries are we bringing on, and what do we want to be doing? What's, what's the vision for the next year in world missions? What are you guys thinking about? Well, uh, you know, when, they, uh, when you guys called me to, to this job, um, it was obviously full of challenges. One of those challenges for every church who is trying to be faithful to the Great Commission to obey Jesus, to send out the gospel is what resources do we have to share? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we, you know, we have people come to us all the time because we're a fairly large and established mm-hmm. as a church with a reputation of supporting missionaries. People come to us and say, can you support us? And that means money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a certain list of requirements about how we filter people out, who who would we take on, who, you know, obviously if they grow up in, in this particular congregation, we want to get behind them. Yep. And thankfully we have several of those people on the field serving God who come from this congregation. Mm-hmm. And I think every pastor loves that. I mean, if, if you could say, hey, these are our people. Mm-hmm. But again, it costs money to send people into missions. And so part of my challenge uh, in this job is how do I encourage the saints here at First Press to trust Jesus with their money Mm -hmm. and to sacrificially give? um, And wow, did the Lord answer our prayers this year? And it's it's certainly not due to any one of us. It's due to a lot of praying. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the ways we try to talk about money here is we match it with uh, several things. Faith and prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, without those two things, it's you know it's just being berated mm-hmm. uh, by your leaders. Give us money. Give us money. <laughs> yeah. You know. But you know, and thankfully, we're not asking money for ourselves. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not saying make me rich. Yep. You know, so I can have an airplane or some <laughs> uh, a yacht or something like that. <laughs> we are asking for the Lord for for His work, and we give that money away. Yes. Uh, to other people to support them. And wow, did the people of First Press respond. December 1st, uh, 23, it looked like we we were, you know, 300,000 short uh, where we needed to go. And we just didn't. What in the world? Mm-hmm. We prayed. God's moved on uh, the hearts of our people. 400,000 came in. Mm-hmm. And all of us were like, whoa, <laughs> God is mighty. Yes. And he, you know, he is mighty. Amen. I will say that some of the things we're doing is we're trying to, to change the pattern ethnically and culturally. In other words, uh, we want to help more folks of minority uh, status here in the States who would never have the resources to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go with us. Yes. We want our people to go, mm-hmm. but we want to have an expansive heart. So last year we brought two Native American ladies mm-hmm. from a workout in uh, Yakima, Washington, to go with us to a team we sent to Africa. Mm-hmm. 
We want, and, and I've told the committee this. I said, I want to see churches planted among ethnic groups. I want to see us share uh, with other churches who have ethnic minorities who will never get a chance to go on a mission trip to go with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just blessed with a, a group that listens to my ideas and goes, okay, <laughs> you know, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, so, well, how did that go when you guys had that trip last summer? With oh my goodness, um, Cinnaba and Connie were the two ladies. Uh, they're Yakima. Uh, Cinnaba is a mix of Navajo and Yakima, and uh, they brought some of their traditional dress with them. Mm. And you know, for a lot of people in the world, Native Americans or Indians are very exotic. Mm. The whole idea, you know. They expect them to come riding in on a horse, you know, <laughs> with feathers and so forth. But they do have an indigenous culture yes. that they're not ashamed of. You know, they don't, they don't want anyone to make fun of it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, call them names like chief or something like that. They are real people who love Jesus Christ. Mm. And the interesting thing about Native Americans is they have a lot of reasons uh, to not be Christians. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to, to many of them, you'll hear about it pretty quick. Yep. Um, only, I think, 3% of Native American people would confess Christ. Wow. And even though there's been a lot of missionary work, but a lot of that missionary work was uh, very paternalistic. It was, it was uh, colonialistic. It, and it was hurt, harmful. And it despised Indians and uh, their culture. It's like, you know, you can't be a Christian unless you cut your hair and you wear Western clothing and you start farming and, you, you, know, all, you know, all the so-called civilization standards, mm -hmm. but not really a ministry of the heart. Mm -hmm. Native Americans, uh, as many, many indigenous people are, are very spiritual people. They, they, religion is not foreign to them. Yes. That doesn't mean they're Christians. Right. But they're they're open to the idea of religion, sure. Why, you know, the great spirit and so forth. Mm -hmm. But boy, when you meet a Native American who has given their life to Jesus Christ, and they they love the Bible and they love it, they love God's people, even though they will tell you the truth about how Europeans stole their land and killed their people and brought diseases and. Uh, broke treaties. I mean, the history is horrible. At the same time, they are full of love and forgiveness and reconciliation. And so, man, did going to Africa really bless these ladies. Because mm. many reservations in our country are incredibly poor mm -hmm. places. And there's lots of alcoholism. There's uh, broken families. There's violence. And so you go to the slum of Kibera in Kenya, the largest slum in sub-Saharan Africa, and you see all of those problems. And these ladies said, we are not alone in the world mm, mm. in our suffering and what our families have gone through. And it, I think it just filled their heart with joy to share mm -hmm. their lives with those, especially in the school that we were in. That's beautiful. And you're taking the youth, our youth group, high schoolers, to Yakima this summer, right? This, this summer, um, we are sending a team of uh, our youth group. It'll be about 30 of them, uh, folks going. Uh, I will not be leading the team. Uh, 
thankfully, we have other folks in the church <laughs> who are stepping up, say, I want to go. Uh, and um, I'm, it, that, that's, by the way, uh, First Press in years past also sent teams to Yakima. Mm-hmm. We have a couple from our church there, the Clevengers. Yep. And they're doing a great work. And uh, I've been out there. I've, I've watched that youth group in the, in, in the Sacred Road Ministries that Chuck Clevenger really built. They are fantastic. First Takes is produced by First Presbyterian Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Our theme music was written and recorded by Wes Breedlove. Our sound engineer is me, Dylan Thomas. Our host is Dr. Gabriel Fleur. S.K. Van Pufflin is our executive producer. And for more information about First Presbyterian or our ministries here, visit our website at 1stpresbyterian.com.